I'm Chloe. If I've not met you yet, do come and say hi or just drop me a message on Facebook or something. It'd be great to get to know you. As Kate just said, we are in our series on friendships because we've realized over the last year that actually having strong relationships with those around us keeps us happy and keeps us healthy. And we have been in this really good friend zone series, but I've got really good news for us all this evening. Um, we are finally out of the friend zone. Oh, yeah. Um, obviously, we're still in the series friend zone. Don't worry, the trailer wasn't wrong. Um, but tonight, we're looking, OK, what do we do when those friendships become something more? And we are going to be looking at dating. Now, um, at Metro, we do like to joke a bit that our mission statement of find, love, follow, serve is actually find love, follow, serve. Um, <laughs> and I've spent sort of years in church with people sort of cringingly joking about small groups, and uh, Metro included in this, um, where people have gone, oh, you're joining a new hub. Are there any nice guys there? Anyone you're going to marry? Come on, you know, any nice guys? Any single people to mingle with? And I was always like, oh, come on, guys, let's be adults about this. I am here for the word of the Lord. I'm going to grow deeper in my relationship with Jesus. Um, but funny story, that's how I met my husband. <laughs> um, so we can put all jokes aside. As a church, we are in our 20s and 30s mainly. Um, and this is a major form of community for us here. And often we're quite like-minded people. So. Basically, we're going to date. <laughs> um, you couldn't stop us if you tried. We are going to date. So as a church, we want to date really well. Why? Well, because we date, when we date really well, we avoid some of the hurt and mess and uncertainty that can sometimes go with dating. When we date really well, it's a joy, not only to the two people involved, but to the community around them as well. But the problem is, dating is a bit complicated, right? Like, in today's day and age, we just don't have the guidelines that other generations did. Take, for instance, our grandparents' generation. They might have met at like, a dance or a function, and then there was quite like a set courtship, things that you did and did not do, um, and then you got engaged, and then you got married. It was all pretty laid out there. But we seem to have lost a lot of those guidelines in our modern culture. And instead of guidelines, what we've got now is a lot of choice. Like, even before we start dating, we've got all those options of, well, how do we talk? Do we do it in person? Do I message? Do I WhatsApp? Do I Facebook message? Do I uh, slide into their DMs? Um, do I TikTok? Can you even TikTok somebody? And we get a bit confused. And then the loudest voice that tells us how we should be relating to each other romantically is that of pop culture, right? Mainly through TV. And we've got all these shows like Love Island and The Bachelor and Love at First Sight and Blind Dates and Love is Blind and a thousand TV shows that tell us all about how to meet somebody and how to relate to them romantically. And that voice basically says that anything goes, as long as it feels good with you. So that's pretty much our only guideline we've got on London dating, plus a lot of choice. And then the question really is, has that made us better daters? Are we now more successful, happier and healthier daters because of this sort of no guidance, a lot of choice kind of culture? And the short answer to that is no. We're really not. In fact, now we've got much more drama and uncertainty and anxiety around dating than we've ever had before. 
And so what happens is if we've got like an object in our house, for example, that isn't working very well, a good user at that point would turn to the user manual. The manufacturer's guidelines for how that thing should work to its optimum usage, right? Now, as Christians, we believe that God created humans and that the Bible has got some amazing manufacturer's guidelines in there about how we work really well. And it isn't like a list of do's and don'ts by God who says this stuff for his own amusement, but actually it's from a loving creator who goes, you know what, guys, this is how you can thrive. So today we're going to go back, we're going to see, okay, well, what does the Bible say about dating? First problem here. The Bible doesn't talk about dating. <laughs> um, so before you think, right, we'll go home now, stick with me. Um, the Bible, as we've seen throughout this series, does talk about some great things about how we can relate well to one another. And we can apply some of those to dating. So if you're here today and you are a Christian, or actually you're not a Christian at all, you've just been brought along, you're listening because your flatmate's listening, there's actually some amazing, helpful advice that the Bible has about relating to each other that we can apply to dating. But before we get into that, two quick caveats before we begin. One, dating is a huge topic, and I could spend weeks talking about this. I love this topic, but to spare you, we're going to do half an hour. Um, but it would be really good if this just sparks like conversations with you, that this is just the start of you exploring it in your hubs, in your mentoring relationships, and you investing in finding out, okay, well, what do I think about this too? And the second caveat is that when we're talking about relationships, it's a heart issue, right? And actually, it can, it can, um, we can have some quite emotional responses to it. Um, everyone's got an opinion about it. And tonight, some of the stuff I'm going to present, you might not agree with. That is okay. Consider it. Talk it through with people that you trust around them, um, around you. Um, don't take offence. We do these topics because we don't want to judge you guys. We don't want to be all judgy, um, but we just want to see you thrive. We want to see you be the best versions of yourself that you can be. So let's hit what we're going to look at today. Now, there were so many passages that I could have chosen that talk about relating well to one another. Um, but the one I've chosen is in 1 Thessalonians. Um, it is a letter in the New Testament. It's written by a guy called Paul. And the reason why I've chosen this one is that it was actually written to a church that, okay, time and space aside, is actually quite similar to Metro, in that it was a church in a bustling city. Um, it was a very new church. It had people from all different backgrounds coming to join it. It had people who had um, had a faith for a long time. Those were brand new to it. And they were all trying to work out, okay, how do we do this Jesus Christian thing in, in a cultural environment where everything that we're being taught seems brand new. It seems so countercultural from what's going on around us. And it's a really practical letter. Um, and the bit that we're looking at today is Paul, the writer, telling them, okay, this is how you can relate well to one another. And it's got some really good do's and don'ts for us when it comes to dating. So let's start. One Thessalonians, uh, oh, can't say it, it's not helpful. One Thessalonians 4, starting at verse 3. So it is God's will that each of you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God. And there's a lot in there, um, but the first thing that jumped out to me as soon as I read it was that word control, okay? Now, control, we don't often think of love and control going together, do we? Because you know what? Love, we just think of something that, you know, we fall in love. It's just something that just happens. Um, you know, the 
Oh, the heart wants what it, what it wants, Chloe. The heart wants what it wants. Even if that's a different person every week. It's just something that just happens to us. And Paul here is going, actually, guys, we can learn some control here. So our first do is learn some control. And our do not is that don't be sort of lusting after different people, these fleeting moments of passionate lust. I lust after you and you and you and you. Actually, Paul's saying here that control, so our first tip to healthy dating is going to be to date with aim, okay? So first tip, date with aim. Um, now, I did a bit of research. <laughs> you know what it's like when you start Googling and you go down a bit of a, a rabbit warren. Um, um, now, men's bathrooms <laughs> um, apparently are markedly cleaner if men have got something to aim their pee at. Give me a nod if that's right. Yeah, great, lovely. <laughs> And so clever urinal companies have employed this tactic. So they put like a plastic fly in the urinal or a sticker that changes color or even, I'm told, exciting, a goal that you can somehow score goals with. Um, so anyway, they, they discovered that um, mess was dramatically reduced when there was an aim. Now, this is true just in life, right? Not just, do, not, not just pee, it's in life. That when we've got like um, a target, our accuracy is much, much better. But it feels like with modern dating that we've got a bit of a pee everywhere approach. That actually, we just sort of like, um, at some point we might hit the target, at some point we might have a healthy relationship, but before that point there's going to be an awful lot of mess, okay? But if we date with aim, we can increase our success in dating and we can reduce the mess that sometimes comes with dating. So, what are we aiming at? Well, as Christians, we believe that lifelong committed relationship to one another, where promises are made in front of each other and to God, is a God-given and blessed gift called marriage. Now, if you're going, actually, Chloe, that's not really for me, really, inside every human is that desire for permanency, permanency of love, that kind of anchoring thing that someone knows you and loves you fully, no matter what you can do. Um, and you know what? You want that. <laughs> you want that kind of better for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health. Ring any bells? <laughs> so um, what we're not saying here is we're not saying that all dating should end in marriage. And what I'm not saying, don't do this, is going on your first date and going, I'm ready, take me to church tomorrow. No, don't do that, it's not going to end that well. But what we are saying is that dating should be a process of evaluation, working out, okay, is this person the person that I want to spend the rest of my life with? It's a process, it's got movement to it. In the modern dating world, we're often taught that actually dating is a status, it's a static status, part of our identity. But really, dating should be our process. So, um, if the aim is much, much longer term than our sort of momentary happiness, if we've got to actually work out, well, are we a good fit? There are some questions that we can ask to really help us with this. Um, and we're going to look at, okay, are we a good fit in terms of connection? Are we a good fit in terms of chemistry? And are we a good fit in terms of calling? So the first up is connection. Um, and I don't know what a lot of you think married life is like, um, <laughs> but a lot of it is just hanging out. It's the best thing in the world, but a lot of it is just hanging out. Um, now, you've really got to get on well with that person, particularly if you end up locked down together in the middle of a global pandemic. <laughs> um, 
So you really want them to be somebody that you enjoy talking with, um, that you've got sort of enough similar interests with, um, and that someone that makes the mundane fun, because the mundane still exists in married life, um, and you want to have someone to do it with. And the next is that we need to be good fit in terms of our chemistry. Um, and we're quite good at this question already, asking, OK, well, are we attracted to one another? Um, it's a really good question to ask. It's an important question to ask. But it needs to be not the only question that we ask, OK? Um, so in terms of thinking about our fit, yeah, we're quite good at going, well, do we get on? Do we find each other attractive? But it's this third one that often we are a bit uncomfortable with or we might miss. And it is, are we a good fit in terms of our calling? Now, what I mean by this is, um, what are you about in life? What's your life focusing towards? And I'm not, I'm not meaning like a five-year plan or your hobbies and interests, because if you married yourself, it would be dull and annoying. Um, so don't do that. But what I am talking about is that, yeah, what am I living for? What am I about as a person? Um, so there's some really obvious examples of where there's going to be a clash. Like if one of you wants to be an inner city banker and the other person wants to be a farmer, like not going to work. If one of you feels that actually you want to go and work for a charitable organization in southern Sudan and the other one of you is determined to work for Bristol City Council, again, probably not going to work. If you're going, well, I'm not sure what my calling is, Chloe, actually, we need to think of it in broader terms here. If you are here today, you're listening today, and you are a Christian, you have got a very specific calling on your life. At the beginning of the passage we just read, I'm not going to bring it up again, don't worry. Um, it, you can go back and look at it yourselves. Um, it said that God wants us to be sanctified. Now, this is a great Bible word that means that we are to be a set-apart people, um, made holy for God's work. So God wants us as his people to be caught up as agents of renewal in his amazing kingdom story. We are his people. Now, Time and time again in the Bible, God says that his people are not to marry other people groups. Now, this is not some kind of elitist thing. In fact, the Bible is really clear that we need to go to all peoples and all nations and get alongside everyone and befriend them and let them know about Jesus' love. But we want them to fall in love with Jesus, not us. Flirt to convert really, really doesn't work, trust me. <laughs> it's not a thing, like very, very rarely. Um, now, God says this for our happiness and for kingdom power, okay? Now, Caleb, can I borrow you just a second? Don't worry, we're going to stand close to each other, but he's part of my household bubble. It's all right. <laughs> so come and stand with me. Right, so Caleb, for this purpose, you are going to be a going-for-Jesus Christian guy, okay? Your direction in, in life... I think I can do that. You think you can do it? Okay, good. Just play the role. Um, okay, and I'm going to be dating Caleb, but I'm okay with him doing the Christian thing, but that's not me, okay? I, I don't really want to go in that direction. And when we start out, we're able to be super close, um, but you can see that our feet are going in slightly different directions, that I am going this way and he's going that way, and to begin with, that's fine. I'm like, no, no, you can go to church on Sunday, that's fine, it's not for me, but you can go. But over time, we're going to have a lot of um, things we're going to have to work out together, um, little things and big things, things like, okay, well, how do we spend our weekends? Do we make it back to church on time? Um, and um, with Caleb focusing his life, trying to be more Jesus-like, aiming for God's kingdom and doing God's will, actually that's going to affect 
all of his life decisions, from the jobs he takes, um, the way he uses his home, um, the decisions he makes about his finances, his job, his gifts, his skills, everything is going to be involved in that decision. And to begin with, possibly not a problem. But as we start walking through life together, you can see that we start getting further apart. You're going to have to move that back later. <laughs> um, and we get to a certain point, and we've got the situation where it's going to be tug or be tugged. <laughs> now, both of those is going to be equally exhausting. Neither of those is fair to the other person. And after a while, we're faced with a decision. We can either just both walk down the middle in some kind of weird, lukewarm compromise that it isn't going to be a happy thing for us, or we're just going to have to break that connection. We're not going to have that same connection. Great. Thank you. <laughs> You're free to go. <laughs> Lovely. So, here's the tough stuff. If we are serious about our walk with God, if we are serious about doing life with God, we have got to get serious about marrying another Christian, okay? Which means we've got to get serious about only dating other Christians. Because if dating is there for us to work out, okay, am I going to spend the rest of my life with this person? If we already know that they're not a Christian and I am, then actually... We know the answer to that question is no, and we shouldn't be dating them. So, tough stuff, I know. You might not agree with me on this one, but I'd really recommend that you look into it yourself, you talk about it with people you trust around you. Um, for me, it's been far more than just kind of some theological, theoretical concept. Um, I'm now in my 30s, believe it or not. Thank you to those who ask if I'm a fresh up. God bless you. Um, <laughs> and and I, I know I'm not old, old, but I've now seen like a good decade of people getting into different stages of relationships. And I cannot think of one example where it is working well or has worked well between a Christian dating a non-Christian or a Christian marrying a non-Christian. There's always been some kind of like weird compromise, and it usually looks like that Christian who was, you know, yes, Jesus, I'm going to make a difference in God's kingdom. It's going, blah, 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 and becoming a Christian that doesn't even go to church anymore. And it's just really heartbreaking to see how, um, you know, they've just settled for less than what God has got for them. Um, tough stuff I know on that first point, so let's go on to our next one. <laughs> so keep, keep sticking with me here. Now, um, we're going to have a look at the next bit of the passage, which has got another really good do and do not for us. It says this. And in this matter, no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins, as we told you and warned you before. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being, but God, the very God who gives you his Holy Spirit. So our next do, and do not, we've got the do not first here, is do not wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. It's using like really strong family language here. If we wrong one another, we're damaging the family relationship, but do live a holy life. So what does it look like to live a holy life in terms of relating well to other people? Well, to get the answer to that question, we've got to turn to the life of Jesus, who led the ultimate holy life. And we're told in the Bible that Jesus' words to other people were all about grace and truth. That Jesus was both intensely kind and intensely clear with people. Um, and kind and clear aren't necessarily words we'd use to describe our modern day dating. Um, words like anxiety, ambiguity generally pop up much quicker. Um, because actually a lot of our modern day dating stress comes from a lack of clarity. 
So our next key to happy, healthy, successful dating is to date with clarity. Now, April, thank you so much for what you said in your Word of Wisdom video. If we could just play that again instead of me talking, I would do that. It was really great, thank you. Um, because clarity is honouring. Being clear with someone in relationship shows immense respect. And actually, we can avoid a lot of the, the mess and uh, wronging and taking advantage of people if we're clear with them, if we've got open and honest communication throughout our relationship. So, how do we do that? How do we have clarity in dating? Well, the first thing is that we need to be clear starting it. Um, now, we get a bit unclear at this point quite often. Um, you might find you've regularly heard the, uh, um, do you want to like hang out sometime um, kind of idea. Um, and that can be anything on the spectrum from being in a room of uh, quite a few other people um, on opposite sides of the room watching something on TV through to a dinner date with candles dressed up. Like, there is a full spectrum in terms of the hangout. Um, don't be afraid to use the word date. Be specific. Um, give them a time, but also give them an out because you've been thinking about it, but they might not have been, so that reduces the pressure. So just saying something practically like, hey, I think you're great. It'd be really good to go out on a date. Um, I'm actually free next week on Tuesday and Wednesday. I was thinking, no pressure, but we could just go and grab a drink and then take a walk around the Downs. But I know I've been thinking about this and you might not have done, so go away, let me know if you're free and if you'd like to do it. There you go, nice and simple. <laughs> we've told them exactly what we're doing, we're being really clear and really specific, and we've given them an out. Now, if you're the person being asked, don't freeze out. <laughs> and in my early 20s, I thought the kindest thing to do when you were in that situation was just not to reply at all. Um, <laughs> that is not being kind or being clear. Don't do that. Um, so genuinely say nicely, oh, thanks so much for the invitation. No, thank you. I actually don't see our relationship going that way. Um, and throughout that kind of a date experience, um, say you've had a couple of dates and it's going well, say what you mean and mean what you say. Tell them it's going well. Don't just let them guess. Um, <laughs> so you could say something like, hey, I've really enjoyed getting to know you the last few weeks. It's been great to you know, do this one-to-one, -one, get to know each other, have a really good chat. Um, I don't know if you see this going anywhere, but I just want you to let you know that I'd be up for that. Um, how simple is that, right? You're being clear, you're showing your intentions. Um, it's just a really good way to go. Um, something that, for me, was immensely helpful when I first met Caleb <laughs> was that quickly, straight away, we knew that we clicked really well. Um, we just got on straight away. Um, but he didn't leave much ambiguity or uncertainty for me. There weren't many nights I was like, oh, goodness, what does he mean when he says that? Um, he very early on came up to me and said, hey, I like you. Um, and I find that at Hub, we can't really chat that much. I'd really like to get to know you a bit more intentionally one-to-one. So what we ended up doing was we set a time limit for ourselves. You see, he's laughing. <laughs> um, we set a time limit for ourselves. We said, right, we're going to go on four dates. At the end of those four dates, we're going to have a discussion about how this is going and if we want to start like officially dating boyfriend and girlfriend type thing. Um, and we took it in turns to plan those dates. Um, and I got quite like specific about the whole thing. <laughs> um, he said it's worse than any of his job interviews. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
but what we did was um, we, um, I said, look, I don't want this to be like romantically pressury, so let's not do anything that I think is romantic. So we did no dinner dates, we just like talked and walked. Um, and we also didn't have any kind of like physical contact outside of what you'd have as a like, normal friendship. Um, because sometimes when we add the physical too early, it can put real pressure on like a fledgling relationship. And when we got to the end of those four weeks, we said, actually, we've really enjoyed getting to know each other better. And we can see this going somewhere. Um, and it ended really well. I'm married. <laughs> it ended great. Um, so clarity is great in terms of starting it. And um, there was so much joy in that for us in that time because we both knew what each other's intentions really were. There was no guesswork involved. But we've also got to face up to the fact that actually not all dating ends quite like that. Not all dating is going to end just like that. So we've also got to be clear in finishing it. Now, you might hit a point where you are dating and you go, you know what, we're actually not a very good fit together. Or some of the stuff that's coming up, um, we can't resolve in a fruitful and healthy way. In which case, you need to call it time. That's what it's there for. You've worked out in the evaluation process. Yeah, actually, we're not a great fit long term here. Um, and you just... Um, need to be really aware that being clear with somebody um, also involves calling it when it's time to call it. Um, sometimes we tend to drag on relationships, maybe because we don't want to hurt them or it's just convenient to do so. But actually, long term, it's far more hurtful to have continued dating someone when you know long term you don't want to be with them. Um, we also need to be clear in terms of our actions when we have broken up with them. Um, regardless of whether that breakup was mutual, we need to allow time and space to heal. Um, there's far too many relationships that go on and then end, and people just aren't clear with the other person. Constant texting of them, going, oh, like, how are you doing, etc., miss you, um, is not going to be helpful in that situation. We need to be clear in what we do. And not wronging and taking advantage of them, well, that looks like not them bad-mouthing them to the rest of your community. So we need to be clear in ending it. But we also need to be clear in our friendships. Because leading someone on is both wronging and taking advantage of them. It's not clear at all what you should be doing if you're um, leading somebody on. It, that's not showing clarity. It's not showing respect. Now, we lead someone on, A, because well, we just aren't aware we're doing it. We just haven't stopped and thought about it. Or, if we're honest, we quite like the feeling of someone liking us, right? So sometimes we feed into that. But either way, leading somebody on is immensely hurtful. And I, I know that there are both guys and girls in Metro where this has occurred in Metro, and it's been really damaging to their relationships and also the relationships in the community around them. So for healthy community, we need to get this issue sorted. Um, there's a couple of practical things I think we can do to be a church that doesn't lead each other on. Um, and I think one of them is to check ourselves on a regular basis, is to be asking ourselves the question, okay, is what I'm doing here, could it be interpreted in any other way by this other person? Is what I'm texting, the amount I'm texting, could it be interpreted in any other way? Would I have this level of intensity in friendship with, say, that person over there? Would I have it with that person? Would I have it with that person? And does the person that I'm texting a lot or talking with a lot know that that's just how I do friendship? We need to be checking ourselves regularly and also clarifying where we're at in our friendships. That's fine to do too. 
But we also need to be friends that check our friends. We've done a couple of weeks now about the importance of, you know, friends don't let friends get hurt. Friends also don't let friends hurt other people. Um, and friends are in a really good position to spot stuff that you're not. Um, so as a friend, if you see someone and you're like, oh, you know what, you've been really cozy at the pub with that person for quite a while, and every time we're at Metro, you make a beeline and only talk to each other, or the, I've noticed that actually you've been texting them quite a lot, just call them out and say, hey, are you interested in dating them? And if they go, no, no, we're just friends, don't worry about it, say something like, actually, you know what, I've spotted this, and if I'm thinking this, chances are, unless you've been super, super clear, the other person might be thinking that too. You need to be really clear or back off. So it's incredibly important that we date with clarity. Um, we can go on to our third little nugget now. So here we go. Um, this point here takes the idea of not wronging someone, taking advantage of them, and takes it to the next level. So here we go. It reads, now, about your love for one another, we do not need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. So here our do is love each other like God loves. It's not enough to just like not wrong or take advantage of someone. We've actually got to love them like God loves. That means that we don't take our cue from how that person wants to be loved. I mean, they're not going to turn around and say, yeah, mistreat me, that's fine. But they might say, oh, you know what, that's okay, you can do that, it doesn't bother me. You don't take your cue from them. You don't take your cue from how they've been treated in past relationships. You take your cue on how to love like God loves. And Paul says, look, you guys have been taught about how to love like God loves. How? Again, through the example of Jesus. Modern dating, at its very worst, would lead us to believe that love is lust, that it's a selfish thing, um, that it's non-committal, and that it's all about you, and that your main role is to impress. Whereas Jesus was like the opposite of that in terms of his love. He was self-sacrificial, intensely and immensely committed. Um, he was all about seeking the good of other people. Nothing about him was to impress, but it was all about blessing. So, our last key to happy, healthy, successful dating is date to be a blessing. What does this look like? Well, it basically looks like what Jesus did with people. But essentially, when you're looking at somebody, you are looking at a child of God. Treat them like that. Respect them like that. Um, God is their father. Think about answering to God in terms of your, in your intentions and the way that you're treating them. Um, what we want is to be in relationship, however long that relationship is, and to both be built up and blessed by one another. May we be better people for having been in that relationship than if we hadn't been in it at all. That would be pretty incredible, right? To be that blessing to one another. And it actually answers a lot of questions that we have about dating. Things like, well, how far is too far, Chloe? Like, physically, how far should we go? Again, we need to flip that around and go, okay, what is the most loving, most blessing thing I can do for this person? That means that, say something didn't work out in this relationship, when they go to someone else, are they going to talk about me as, yeah, they were a real blessing to me in how they treated me? Or are they going to talk about what we did with guilt and shame, with baggage from what's gone on? We want to be people who, who are all about giving and not just getting in a relationship. 
Now, this doesn't mean that we stick in relationships that are unhealthy. Um, it doesn't mean that we're a doormat in relationship. Um, in fact, if we're being treated wrongly um, or taken advantage of, that is our cue to leave that dating relationship. But it does mean that what a joy it is when two people come together for the purpose of blessing each other. And like I said right at the beginning, that brings joy not just to that couple, but to the entire community around them as well. And then how amazing would it be as a church if we dated like this, if we dated really well using some of these Bible principles, if we dated with aim to try and avoid unnecessary mess, if we dated with clarity, being open and honest and intentional in our communication with one another, and if we dated to be a blessing, looking to build people up in, for however long we're in that relationship, it would be incredible, not just to our dating lives, but also to our health as a community. It would be really incredible. And then, as I was doing this, I was thinking, actually, our dating can be missional. It can be an amazing way of showing other people God's love, because people will go, oh, you know what? Metro do relationships really, really well. You guys just all get on. There's just not a lot of drama. It's great. And we can invite them in and we can say, hey, look, we're showing each other God's love and then they can taste and see God's love for themselves. Now, I'm aware that today I've talked a lot about like ideal relationship scenarios. Um, and as I was preparing this talk, I really felt like there were some people listening today that thought, yeah, this is all well and good, Chloe, but actually, I've got a bit of baggage around this. I've got some pain around this. Stuff has not gone quite so well for me. Um, and somehow I felt like you had discounted yourself from having a healthy relationship, that somehow you felt like you weren't worth it. Um, and I just really want to encourage you with this verse from 2 Corinthians today. Um, that I felt like God really wanted to speak over anyone who's feeling like that at the moment. It says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. If you count yourself as a Christian, if you are in Christ, we get to start afresh. We get his grace, we get his blank sheet of paper, and we get to go, we get to, go to a God who is full of grace and love, who um, is an amazing healer of hearts, and God wants you to draw close to him. He wants to whisper in his truths about who you are, that you are made fearfully and wonderfully, that you are his masterpiece, and he's got great things for you, including healthy relationship. And he wants you to stay with him as he whispers those things in until you know that you are worthy of healthy relationship. So we're going to pray about that in just a sec, but just so we've got clarity that we're finishing, here we go. Here's our big idea for today. It says, the Bible has great guidelines about relating well to others that we can apply to dating. When we date with aim, with clarity, and to be a blessing, we can be happier and more successful daters. So I know we've talked about a lot, I've thrown a lot at you, <laughs> um, but let's just finish by praying together. So I invite you to shut your eyes wherever you are, if it's safe to do so, <laughs> um, and to ring with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that um, you talk about great practical relationship advice in the Bible for us. I thank you that you are our creator God who loves us so much and wants to see us thrive and wants the very best for us. God, we just lift um, what we've been looking at together to you now um, and we just ask that your Holy Spirit would come on each one of us right now. Holy Spirit, will you nudge us in areas that we need to be nudged tonight? Lord, we just pray particularly right now for all of those in their hearts feel like they can't have healthy relationship. They are not worthy of healthy relationship. 
Holy Spirit, would you come on them and pour out your love and your voice would speak loudly and clearly to them about your purposes and your plans and and their worth in your eyes. Yeah, and God, I just pray for the rest of us as well that um, you would nudge us if there's any situations that we're in right now that aren't happy, healthy, good ones for us and those around us. God, would you pinpoint any people that we need to say sorry to? And Lord, would you help us um, as we go about relating to each other romantically um, as a church that we would do it well? You would help us do it with aim, with clarity, and to seek to be a blessing. God, I pray that you would bless this community so massively that it be one of amazing, healthy relationships. In your name, amen.